illuminating facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, it is Friday. It is the 9th of February, 2024. And you know that hearing that music, the normal music of The Kale Clark Show, that means that the pledge drive has been completed, our winter pledge drive, Give From the Heart. I've got some great news for you guys and some great news from you guys because you guys made it possible. We just passed over our goal oh, just about an hour or so ago on the Drew Mariani Show. We made our $3 million giving level, which we needed to get to this week, and you guys made it happen. Thank you so much for your generosity, keeping Relevant Radio on the air for another quarter. Now, if you happen to miss the pledge drive, you're just tuning in, you'd still like to make a contribution, of course you can still do that at RelevantRadio.com, the app, and by calling 877-291-0123. But once again, you guys really did get from the heart, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for making Relevant Radio possible. Got an incredible show for you today. We're going to talk about seven Super Sundays. Now, this Sunday, of course, is Super Sunday. It's Super Bowl Sunday, but it's right in the middle of another set of seven Super Sundays. I'm talking about the seven Sundays of St. Joseph, which you need to know because St. Joseph is the head of Relevant Radio, and he's our patron, and we really, really rely on him all the time. So we're going to talk about the seven Sundays of St. Joseph. If you don't know much about that, we're going to fill you in. It's a great devotion leading up to the Feast of St. Joseph on March the 19th. Plus, we've got so much more. We do have a Super Bowl preview. I'm going to be giving you our staff picks along with producer Jim Shaper and Patrick Alog. I don't know that you should take these to Vegas with you, but uh, for what it's worth, we're going to chat about it. Love to hear your predictions as well. If you want to give me a call, uh, 888-914-9149, our listener line sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, 888-914-9149. You can also email the program. The address is kale at relevantradio.com, C-A-L-E at relevantradio. Dot com And you can find me on the app, formerly known as Twitter, as Prince might say. It's called X now, and my handle there is at K.O. Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with me. Great place to send show ideas, become a shadow producer, send me a link, send me a show idea, something you think I might want to talk about, something you think the audience might want to hear about. You can email me once again, kale at relevantradio.com, or find me on X at K.O. Clark. Plus, Michaela Clark is going to be along with some kid jokes, as she always does. This is kind of your reward for hitting the target during our pledge drive. If we're successful, she always comes on to tell kid jokes, and she's got some good ones. I don't even know what they are. I'm gonna, I said surprise me this time. I'm not even going to vet these. I, I want to I I have some genuine reactions to these. So that's coming up later, plus much, much more of the week that was on the show. So let's get rolling. Okay, so the Seven Sundays of St. Joseph— The first one was last Sunday, February the 4th. Now, if you missed it, don't worry. You can still make up for it. I'm actually going to, I'm going to send this to you, Producer Jim. There's a great link that we'll put in the show notes. Really, really classy um, PDF little booklet that you can share with a friend that you can download. It's got some wonderful imagery. There's a beautiful painting of St. Joseph. It's from the St. Jose Maria Institute. It's a really nice devotional packet explaining what we do here in these seven Sundays. And it includes the Litany of St. Joseph, which is a great, great prayer to pray. And here's just a little introduction on why this Seven Sundays devotion is so important. Well, 
It begins the seventh Sunday before March the 19th, of course, Feast of St. Joseph. And really what it does is honor the seven joys and seven sorrows that St. Joseph experienced as the foster father of our Lord Jesus Christ, faithful guardian of our Lord, and also the husband of the mother of God. And he's the head of the Holy Family. He's also the head of Relevant Radio, as we talked about. And as St. Jose Maria said, this, this devotion is a great opportunity to, quote, help us find out what God is telling us through the simple life of Mary's husband, end of quote. So this is um, th- this uh, Seven Sundays of St. Joseph uh, devotion was popularized uh, by many popes throughout recent times. And I'm going to just read to you the, the first Sunday, which we missed last time. And the next Sunday, we'll set you up for again. We'll put a link to this in the show notes. But it kind of starts off just with a prayer for each Sunday, just a quick little introductory prayer. And then there's a scripture passage from the life of Joseph. And you might say, well, there's not going to be enough because he's not talked about much in the New Testament. He doesn't actually say anything in the New Testament, but his actions really do speak volumes for sure. So let's uh, let's just go over what you missed last Sunday, and we'll, we'll kind of use this as a jumping off point. Here's the introductory prayer. O chaste spouse of Mary, great was the trouble and anguish of your heart when you were considering quietly sending away your inviolate spouse, yet your joy was unspeakable when the surpassing mystery of the incarnation was made known to you by the angel. By this sorrow and this joy, we beseech you to comfort our souls, both now and in the sorrows of our final hour, with the joy of a good life and a holy death after the pattern of your own life and death in the arms of Jesus and Mary. And that's true. According to tradition, Joseph passed away, surrounded by, at his bedside, our Lord and, of course, our Lady. Not a bad way to go. Not a bad way to go. And we certainly pray that when we open our eyes in eternal life that we will see Jesus, Mary, and Joseph there, our guardian angel, get to meet our guardian angel and get to know a little bit, you know, tell me about all the jams you got me out of. Uh, and there's a lot. There's a lot for sure. So that's that's an, an incredible uh, thing to think about. St. Joseph is, of course, the patron of a happy death for those reasons. He's not really on the scene. He's not on the scene at all during Jesus' public ministry. So most people believe that he had uh, passed on at that point. But here, here's the, the gospel reading. It's from Matthew chapter 1. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to send her away quietly. But as he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had borne a son, and he called his name Jesus. Okay, there's a little reflection that's given on this passage, which we'll explain a little bit more about in just a second. And the reflections from St. Jose Maria from his uh, book of homilies called Christ is Passing By. He said, quote, St. Joseph was an ordinary sort of man on whom God relied to do great things. He did exactly what the Lord wanted him to do 
in each and every event that went to make up his life. That is why Scripture praises Joseph as a just man, Matthew 1.19. And in Hebrew, a just man means a good and faithful servant of God, someone who fulfills the divine will or who is honorable and charitable towards his neighbor. So a just man is someone who loves God and proves his love by keeping God's commandments and directing his whole life towards the service of his brothers, his fellow men. End of quote. So then what you do is, after this reflection, it gives you something to think about, something to pray about, and then you conclude the devotion on these seven Sundays devoted to St. Joseph by praying the litany. And so uh, that's all included. So I'll, I'll put a link to this pamphlet in the show notes. You can download it for free. It's, it's a good one. There are other ones that are out there as well that you can find on the net. But I think it's a good practice to get into the seven Sundays of St. Joseph. And uh, wow, talk about Super Sundays. He has got some great, great material for us to to think about, to reflect on. And, and I just love, too, that that he is called the just man. And, and another way to translate that is righteous. Because really, Matthew's gospel is the gospel of righteousness. And there have been some, in, in the church, there have been a couple different strands of interpretation throughout the ages about, you know, what was really going on when Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant. And, and some people think that, Hey, he, he just, and I believe it was St. Augustine who took, who took this tack. He, he really did think that Mary had made some sort of a, a moral error and, and something had happened. She'd gotten pregnant and he was, and he did, didn't want to disc, uh, you know, sort of expose her to public disgrace. She could have been stoned to death. But uh, he wasn't the father, obviously. And at this point, when they're when you're betrothed, you're you're pretty much you're legally married in the in the in the eyes of the Jewish law. Even though the couple hasn't lived together, um, they're still considered to be betrothed, to be legally married in that sense. So he dismisses her, not wanting any harm to come to her, but still thinking, you know, what has what wondering what in the world could have happened here. But there's another strand of interpretation in the early church and. St. Thomas Aquinas explains it really well. He holds this view. Aquinas says that Joseph knew. He knew that the child that Mary was bearing was of the Holy Spirit, that this was from God, that this was, that this was, she wasn't messing around. In other words, he knew the character of Our Lady, her spotless moral character. And there's no way that he even suspected her of doing anything untowards. And in fact, he knew this was from God. He just did not think that he was up to the task, humanly speaking. He, he, this is too much for me. I, I can't possibly take this on. And this is why God has to tell him in the dream, take her as your spouse. You can do this. I will help you. So that, that's so. whatever you, position you hold there, I, I think it's a good idea to kind of take a look at, at Matthew's text here, what, what's really going on. And by the way, in the law of Moses, if sometimes these situations did happen, if there was a certificate of di- divorce required to um, to dismiss um, uh, your, your betrothed, you could do that, but you didn't have to. You were not required by law to have her humiliated or publicly killed. So you didn't have to do that, but people often did do that. Uh, think about Tamar. In the book of Genesis, of course, she's uh, the daughter-in-law of Judah, the patriarch. She gets pre- I'm not going It's kind of a sordid tale how she gets pregnant, but nonetheless, when her illicit pregnancy is discovered, they bring her out in public. 
They accuse her of being a harlot, and she, in fact, is threatened with death. And you can read about this in Genesis chapter 38. So, in the first century before Jesus, the first century B.C., the, the sort of rabbis kind of were teaching at that time that you had to divorce your wife if she had committed adultery or some other form of sin. And, and you'd have to just sort of break off, break off the engagement. So, as a righteous man, as Joseph is, he wants to be, of course, in conformity with the law, but he, he didn't have to uh, subject her to public disgrace, and he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to do that. So, but this idea that so some people sort of doubt what Thomas Aquinas said, there's no way Joseph could have known that this was from God, and, and that, that's not exactly the case, because don't forget, don't forget that ancient peoples were convinced that God did miracles. And even modern people, we've talked about this on the show before, there's a lot of evidence that modern people overwhelmingly do believe in the miraculous, especially outside of North America. But even North Americans, the vast majority, do believe that God can do miracles. And so this idea that God can work in everyday life, that was just sort of an accepted fact. And when you, when you look at the, the gospel as a whole, if you read any of the gospels of Jesus' life, you look at his miraculous words and deeds, especially his powerful resurrection from the dead, any reader of Matthew's gospel would have certainly expected, okay, if this guy was doing amazing deeds like this in life, I'm not surprised if his origin on planet Earth was also pretty miraculous as well. So some people say, well, you know, Matthew's just trying to appeal to pagan readers. Uh, There are all kinds of myths in the ancient world, especially in the Greco-Roman pantheon, Zeus, and all his compatriots, there are all these myths about gods impregnating more, uh, mortal women. Uh, Dionysius, the god of wine. Um, I'm not sure whether it's Dionysius or Jason Kelsey these days, but um, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the Twitter account, Art But Make It Sports. Art But Make It Sports. I, I don't know how this guy does this. He, he was, he's able to create, like, he gets these iconic photos. I'm sure he'll have some from the Super Bowl as well sporting events, people associated with sports, and he'll somehow find a classic painting that encapsulates the same thing. Remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Jason Kelsey jumping out of the private box with Taylor Swift in Buffalo when the Bills were playing the Chiefs in the AFC playoffs, shirtless, hammering back beers, and somebody snapped a photo of him in the crowd, and then he compared it to, this Twitter account, Art But Make It Sports, compared it to a famous painting of Dionysius. It's like, bang on, I can't believe he found this. But anyways, Dionysius, the god of wine, allegedly his father was Zeus, and his mother was allegedly a mortal woman. Of course, the mighty Hercules, we know about him. Zeus, also his dad, and allegedly Hercules had a mortal uh, mother. Not the case. So, so a lot of people think this is what's going on in Matthew's gospel with God, of course, being the father of Jesus. That's not what's going on. Ma- Matthew's writing to his fellow Jews. They rejected paganism outright, hook, line, and sinker. They would actually have been completely offended if he had suggested something like this to them. Well, yeah, you should believe in this guy, Jesus as Messiah. And by the way, I'm going to use a story of pagan gods to explain his, his conception and birth. No, th- this, is a, this is a Jewish gospel. So th- there's very much here um, a Jewish ethic. Um, there's no way that he would try to use pagan imagery to try to reach 
his Jewish audience, there was no expectation that the, the Messiah was going to be virgin born. Uh, the only reason he reported this is because this is actually the way it happened. This is actually the way it went down. So, at any rate, um, Joseph is a just man. He does do what the angel tells him to do in the dream. And by the way, on, on the Relevant Radio re- website, there's a really cool article by our own Lindsay Kettner. And it's all about St. Joseph and his dreams because one of the pledge drive premiums that we had for you this week, and we still have them, by the way, if you didn't get a chance to donate to our Give from the Heart pledge drive, but you want to do it now, we still have the pledge drive premiums there. They haven't run out. At least I don't think they have. And if you come in at that $100 a month giving level, we want to send you back a statue of sleeping St. Joseph. It's really beautiful. It's really well done. And it's become pretty popular because Pope Francis was found to be using this statue. Um, he would stuff all his prayer requests and church problems under the statue and then go to sleep, kind of entrusting the whole thing to St. Joseph. But uh, there's a great a piece by uh, Lindsay Kettner. It's called Let St. Joseph Sleep on It. And one of the things that she points out in, in this piece, and it is, she actually kind of starts it off with a funny anecdote because when she was um, in college, the priest who was running, I don't know what college she went to, but the priest who was running their campus ministry he used to tell them a little joke, all, all the students. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pray a St. Joseph prayer now. What's the St. Joseph prayer? Having a nap. Because obviously God spoke to him when he was sleeping. So as funny as that might be, um, the dreams of St. Joseph are really, really focused on Scripture. And there are actually four times in the New Testament when it talks about St. Joseph dreaming. And of course, There are echoes of Joseph in the Old Testament as well, the patriarch Joseph, who was a dreamer. And in fact, uh, his brothers wanted to kill him. Let's kill this dreamer. Let's get rid of him. Let's take him out. And he had a number of dreams, of course, of the uh, the, all everyone bowing down before him, the stars, the moon, the sun, his brothers, his parents bowing down before him. And his brothers were really offended by this and said, we got to take this guy out. He, He was obviously the favored son of his dad. You know the story. You've seen the musical with Donny Osmond. You don't need me to tell you about it. We also talked about it on the Genesis series on The Faith Explained. Had a lot of fun with that. But but nonetheless, I, I think obviously Matthew has this in mind, talking to a Jewish audience. Oh, yeah, there was another Joseph who's having dreams too, just like Joseph of old. And so the first dream that Joseph has, of course, this happens in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, which we just kind of read to you a, a moment ago. The angel, the angel Gabriel appeared to Joseph in a dream, tells him, take Mary as your wife. Don't be afraid. The child that she has in her womb has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. The second dream happens after, of course, and this is in the seven Sundays of St. Joseph devotional. After Jesus has been born, of course, an angel warns Joseph in a dream. So this is the second dream. I don't know whether it's Gabriel. It doesn't specify the angel to flee Egypt, escape the wrath of King Herod. The third dream, Joseph is told King Herod has died, it's safe to come back. There's a fourth dream. He's also warned in a dream not to go to Judea because, of course, Herod's one of Herod's sons is ruling over there. And so he's, he's told to go to Galilee. God tells him, tells him exactly where he wants him to go. So, I want to ask you this question. Do you you think God still speaks to people in dreams as he did in biblical times? Has he ever spoken to you in in a dream? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. 888-914-9149. So this is um, 
this is, I think, an important question. And um, I actually do believe that, that God does still speak through dreams. I do think we have to be very, very careful with this stuff, though, too. Because sometimes when we have a dream and we think it's God's speak, you might have some dreams on, on uh, you know, you might wake up on Monday after the Super Bowl and say, man, I had, I had some pretty wild dreams. But really, it was just the double anchovy pizza. Uh, it was the nachos. It was the wings. Um, maybe a little bit too much. Need to go to confession. I don't know. But so- sometimes it is that double anchovy pizza. And it's, and it's not necessarily that you're hearing from God. But so- sometimes he does. And I, I, I must confess to you, I never used to believe this. I never used to believe that, dream- that God spoke to people in dreams. And I, I told this story, I think, a couple of years ago, so most of you guys have probably forgotten this, but when I was in the Protestant seminary, when I was outside of the Catholic Church, I took this course on spiritual formation, and ironically, it was the most popular course in the school, and, and the professor who taught it was using a lot of Catholic stuff, and I thought it was kind of intriguing in this Protestant seminary, a lot of Catholic spiritual practices were taught in the spirituality course, and people couldn't get enough of it. They just could not get enough of this stuff. Talk about the Desert Fathers, all, all kinds of things. And the centerpiece of the course was we all had to go on a retreat together for three days. And the professor told us, and I knew this guy. I knew this professor. I knew his family very well. That's the only reason I even took it half seriously, because I, I would have honestly laughed at this at the time. So the professor said, listen, here's what we're going to do when we go on the retreat. If any of you have been having any dreams, if any of you have been having any bizarre dreams, even nightmares, you might say, that have been bugging you, and especially if the same thing keeps coming up again and again and again, I want you to bring those with you to the retreat, and we're going to do some dream analysis. And everyone was like, whoa, <laughs> okay, this ought to be interesting. This really ought to be interesting. So sure enough, we, we go into this remote wooded retreat center. And it's a beautiful setting. It's a beautiful location. But, it's, you know, it's nighttime. It's Saturday night. We're supposed to be kind of keeping silence. Um, so everybody, I, I find that usually on a retreat by the Saturday night, that's when God really starts dealing with people because you, you've kind of, you've withdrawn from the world a little bit. If it's a silent retreat, you haven't been talking to anybody, hopefully. Um and and you 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 you're sort of out of the mode of the hustle and bustle of life and and the notifications and ho- hopefully you're not you know constantly on your smartphone even during the retreat but but you're you're sort of hopefully in a place now where God can get your attention a little bit so we, we we're in the sort of lodge at this at this retreat center and there's about like thirty students in this in this room and the professor comes in and sits down and there's a roaring fire in the fireplace and it's it's very very eerie it's a very and it's almost like ghost stories or something like that and so the professor just says okay if anyone wants to share about any dreams you may have had go for it and so this one guy tells this story and it's it's the craziest story i've ever heard and i i almost laughed while he was telling it uh it, just bizarre 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 stuff he's in a car his mother-in-law's in the car. The car goes over a cliff. You know, all this sort of stuff. And, and so he, I, I'm like, how is this, how is this professor going to make any, any sense out of this at all? And so he started, now he was kind of trained in dream analysis. And he started asking some very key questions. And so here, here's one. When you have a dream, if you have a dream that you're in a car, that's a pretty common dream. 
When you're in a car, the car is a symbol for your life. You're listening to the Kale Clark Show, by the way, on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149, talking about the dreams of St. Joseph. Do you think God still speaks to people in dreams? Well, my professor certainly believes so. He said, look, if, if God was speaking to people in dreams all throughout salvation history in the Old and New Testament, why would he all of a sudden stop now? But again, we have to be really careful with this. So he, he, he's talking to this guy. He's analyzing this guy's dream about being in a car, being with his mother-in-law in the car. And the question is, well, who's driving the car? And the answer was, my mother-in-law is driving the car. So what does that mean? If the car is a symbol for your life, whoever's driving the car is the person who, who you think is in control of your life. And so anyways, they go over a cliff. I don't know what that means, but it's not a good sign. Nonetheless, nonetheless. So, so he, he interprets this guy's dream. He's got all these issues he needs to work out with his family. So he starts bawling. He starts just crying in front of everybody. And I'm like, whoa, it was pretty, I, I, and, and other people started opening up. Well, here's my dream. Here's my dream. And he was breaking them down and people were having these moments with God. It was, it was very cathartic for a lot of people, and I was I was really really um, taken aback by this. So I, I do kind of tend to believe in this now. With a, but you got to be careful though. You got you got to really be careful. I I don't know if you'd want to do this outside of the practice of spiritual direction for sure. So be careful. But nonetheless, uh, Saint Joseph, of course, um, is somebody that we need to emulate certainly in terms of his responsiveness to God's call doing the will of God, doing what needs to be done, leading his family. And he certainly leads us as a relevant radio family. And his intercession certainly came through for us once again, along with the intercession of Our Lady and all the saints and everybody out there in relevant radio land. You guys have helped us to get there once again. We've climbed the mountain. We made our goal because you made it happen. You gave from the heart. And you can still do that, by the way, relevantradio.com and the app if you didn't get to make your donation. If you're just tuning in now to The Kale Clark Show, know that we did make our target. We made our $3 million goal, which we had to get to this week. We do this four times a year. We don't do it all year long, as, as some do. We, we, we try to understand, as Father Rocky says, that God gives us what we need when we need it to keep going and to further the mission of Relevant Radio, to bring Christ to the world through the media. So like I said, on the other side of the break, uh, later in the show, we've got Michaela with her kid jokes coming up. We've got the week that was. We've got Super Bowl picks. We've got a lot more faith, facts, and fun coming your way in just a couple of moments. So hang tight, and you can call in 888-914-9149. It's Kale Clark Show, only on Relevant Radio. The Kale Clark Show, giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. Hey, welcome back to The Kale Clark Show on this Friday. It's the 9th of February. It's Super Bowl weekend. We're going to give our picks expert insight into the game in just a few minutes. But we want you to call in as well. Tell us who you got on Super Sunday. 888-914-9149. It's our listener line sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, Faith, Facts, and Fun. It's the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. We also were talking before the break about the fact that we have just begun, started last Sunday. We'll continue on 
until March the 19th, the Feast of St. Joseph, the seven Sundays of St. Joseph. So the first one was February the 4th, so just check your calendar. All the Sundays between then and March 19th are the seven Sundays of St. Joseph. This year, we're going to put a link to a great devotion that you can pray with your family at home. And we talked about uh, that first session, the, the idea that Joseph, of course, was spoken to by God in dreams. Angels communicated with him. And we asked the question, do you think God still speaks in dreams to people today? Great article on the Relevant Radio website by Lindsay Kettner about Sleeping St. Joseph. Of course, that was one of the Pledge Drive premiums that you could get uh, coming in at different giving levels on RelevantRadio.com, the Relevant Radio app. If you didn't get to make your donation for our Pledge Drive, which just ended before the program, we did make our target. But of course, so we can always use your help. 877-291-0123, the Relevant Radio app, RelevantRadio.com. If you give online, we'll still throw in that bonus material, that talk from Father Matthew Spencer on how to live Lent in a more transformative way. It'll really help you as Lent begins next week. So let's let's go let's go to the phones right now first, Jim. Let's go to Deacon Chris, who is in San Francisco. Hey, are you a Niners fan, Deacon Chris? Gotta be, right? Oh, of course would be. Duh. <laughs> Come on, Kale. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Oh yeah. You never yeah, that's that's true. That's true, Sam. But you know, uh you know, on your topic about dreams, I you know, I I'm I've been youth, doing youth ministry now for twenty five years. And I, I deal mm. with a lot of young people coming up to me and I say, oh, Deacon Chris or D-, they call me DC around here. They say, DC, do you yes. know what, what this dream? Or they say they have like deja vu. And I've, I've had mm-hmm. that experience myself. I don't know if yep. you have. Oh yeah. All the time. But, uh, yeah. And I say, and I say to them, you know, isn't it funny how we, we truly believe if God gives us everything, then why not dreams? And mm. if these dreams like deja vu is something from God, then it, for me, I know for myself, like there are sometimes with deja vu, like I get so into it that I know exactly what that person's going to say the next line in the real life situation. <laughs> and it, it kind of weirds me out sometimes. Yeah. But um, I think it's so neat that, you know what, that tells us, I tell people that it tells us that, you know what, we might be just on the right path. So do you, do you feel that deja vu is kind of God giving you a sneak preview of the future in some way? I, I you know, I, when, when, you know, when I experienced it, of course, it's like, why do I know these things? Or why did I dream these things? If, if maybe if that's what God wants for me, and then now that it's actually happening, like, wow, okay. Then maybe we, there's something to it where God's saying, hey, you're on the right mm. path. You're going in the right direction. You're doing what I want you to do. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly, it's certainly within the realm of possibility. I, I did a show recently, and it was, it, was, it was some time ago, so my memory is a little bit fuzzy on this, uh, but I did, I did talk about deja vu and what some of the medical theories are on deja vu. How, why, like, within the brain, why is this happening? And that, that could also play a part here, of course. Uh, it's almost like a short circuit. That, that happens according to some scientists in the brain where it's to do with your memory and, and what, what's happening right now. It's making you feel like it's a memory, even though it's still happening in real time. It's, it's due to some glitch in the, in the matrix, if you will. Um, uh, loose spark plug up there. So, but it's, it, it is fascinating. And I, and I do think I, like I said before, I do think Deacon Chris, that God still can make use of dreams for people. I don't think there's any question about it. Having said that, 
Um, you, most of his will we already know pretty clearly anyways, because we have the commandments, we have the teaching of the church. We don't know the specifics, which person does God want me to marry, for example. Uh, but uh, most of his general will, it's pretty well laid out. It's pretty well laid out. But for the specifics, that's where we really need to use discernment, maybe direction. And who knows? Maybe the odd dream or two, right? So, hey, listen, well, enjoy, Deacon Chris. Enjoy the Super Bowl. By the way, I, I should ask you this question as well. Are you still there, Deacon Chris? Yeah. Have you ever met? Yes, yes the, sir. Have you ever met the chaplain of the San Francisco 49ers, Father Steve Kim? No, I have not. Okay, because we we've had the chaplain of the Kansas City Chiefs on this program, Father Richard Rocha, great guy. And oh. I just read I just read an article about Father Steve Kim, the 49ers chaplain. It'd be great to get him on at some point as well. But I just wondered if you knew him. He sounds like a, a pretty interesting no. guy. So you never know, clergy no, circles out there. Yeah, you never, exactly. You never know. But yeah, we'll keep praying out there, you know, keep discerning, like you said, because I think dreams can definitely give you some insight. You got it. Well, thank you, Deacon Chris. Appreciate you. And and hey, dreams do come true. Uh, me being at Relevant Radio is certainly a dream come true. And the fact that you guys came through for us with the Give From The Heart pledge drive and made it happen once again, uh, thank you so much. Just as listeners, you guys are really a dream. 888 Nine one four nine. We got a very special listener on the line. I think you might want to hear from her in just a moment. Michaela is here because you guys helped us to make our target. She's going to come through for you with her kid jokes. But first, just before we do that, here is the week that was on the Kale Clark Show. Check it out. Pope Pius XII, he defined the dogma of Mary's Assumption in 1950. He wrote, Mary, the Immaculate, Perpetually Virgin Mother of God after the completion of her earthly life was assumed body and soul into the glory of heaven beautiful jesus is god not a creature but mary is the greatest creature greater than her no one but god as saint jose maria said greater than any angel greater than any archangel because god lived within her and yet she was not consumed that's why the early church fathers kind of likened her to the burning bush when moses saw the bush consumed with fire but not destroyed. A lot of people want to say to us in the Catholic Church that a lot of your teachings, a lot of what you call sacred tradition as Catholics, is nothing more than the traditions of men. Well, here's what the Catholic Catechism has to say. Here's a little quote. The Church to whom the transmission and interpretation of Revelation is entrusted does not derive her certainty about all revealed truths from the Holy Scriptures alone. Both scripture and tradition, that's tradition with a capital T, by the way, sacred tradition, must be accepted and honored with equal sentiments of devotion and reverence. The task of interpretation has been entrusted to the bishops in communion with the successor of Peter, the Bishop of Rome. Yet, this magisterium is not superior to the Word of God, but is its servant. It teaches only what has been handed on to it. So essentially what the Catechism is saying there is that God gives us His Word. God gives us His revelation. So we have the Word of God now written down. We also still have the sacred tradition. Then we have the magisterium. The magisterium is the teaching office of the church to officially interpret the Word of God. On this day, in the year 1944, a legend was born. My dad, Ted Clark, he's 80 today. One of the things I always remember about my dad is that he put family first. And one of my earliest childhood memories is that when he came home from work every Friday, 
He would set his briefcase down just inside the front door, and he would never pick it up again until Monday morning. When I'm home, hey, you know, my, my time is my family's, and he, and he always fought for that, and I always respected him for that. Let's go to Frank in Philadelphia. Hey, Kel, your wonderful, beautiful, smart daughter. Her birthday's tomorrow, right? Yeah, that's right. My birthday's tomorrow, Kel. <laughs> Happy birthday, Michaela. Got a phone call from some good friends, some people I love. Hi, Daddy. It's Michaela. I wanted to say thank you to Frank for wishing me happy birthday, and I want to wish him a happy birthday, too. Happy birthday. Peter Atkinson is my guest. It's the feast day of St. Josephine Bakita. Her story is absolutely remarkable, knowing that we live in a world that tragically where, where slavery is still a factor. Well, and that's why Josephine Bikita is the uh, patron saint for uh, those suffering in human trafficking. I mean, her story was someone who is trucked across the continents because they viewed her as an object. And, you know, in Italy at that time, she was a, a black woman in Italy. There was a lot of prejudice around her as a slave, her as a black woman, and she responded to it all with grace and forgiveness. Wow, what, what a powerful week it was on The Kale Clark Show, and that was the week that was, produced by Jim Shaper with an assist from Miranda Sinisteros right here on The Kale Clark Show. If that whets your appetite for any of those episodes, you can catch them all in the relevant radio app. You can stream them, you can share them, you can binge them. So download or update the relevant radio app on your smartphone. It's absolutely essential equipment. Well, it was her birthday yesterday. It was also Frank and Philadelphia's birthday, obviously, as you heard. And she's back now, uh, a, a year older and, and probably a lot wiser. Michaela is here once again with her kid jokes. Hello, Michaela. Hi. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Two days in a row you've called in. You're, you're a frequent caller now. So I know you've got some great kid jokes, and I can't wait to hear them. So let's go. Um. The first joke is, what did the grape do when it got stepped on? What did the grape do when it got stepped on? It let, it let out a little wine. <laughs> it made a little wine. I like it. I like it. All right. Keep going. What did, why did the kid always sit in his wardrobe when reading a book? Why did the kid always sit in his wardrobe when reading a book? Narnia business. Narnia business. Oh, ha, ha, I love that. I love that little C.S. Lewis joke there. The lion, the witch, and the wardrobe people. You'll get that one. All right. What's joke number three? Why did the scarecrow win an award? Why? Because he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> He's outstanding in his field, the scarecrow. Awesome. What Keep do you get when it... What do you get when you cross a snowman and a vampire? When you cross a Frost snowman and a vampire? What? Frostbite. Frostbite. <laughs> Frostbite. <laughs> okay. What did the buff? What did the buffalo say when it sun left? What, what did the buffalo say when it what? His sun left. What? What did he say? Bye, sun. <laughs> Bye, son. <laughs> All right. What what musical instrument is found in a bathroom? What musical instrument is found in a bathroom? A tuba toothpaste. 
a tube of toothpaste. Love it. Daddy? Yeah? Is that's that it? all the jokes. Yeah. Well, that, that is an awesome set. It just keeps getting better and better every time. Thank you, Michaela. Thank you. And, and thanks again for, for calling in and taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, playing with all your, your new equipment that you got for your birthday. You got yeah, a kid's I, can- I was ahead. playing with my LOL. Your LOL wow. dolls, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you certainly made us LOL, laugh out loud. I thank you for those kid jokes, Michaela. God bless you. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Love you. Bye-bye. All right. That was my daughter, Michaela, who is now eight years old and um, well on track to becoming a professional comedian. And that's what we do for you every Pledge Drive. We tell kid jokes in order to thank you. It's just a fun thing to do that we thank you guys for when you make us get to our target, which you did this time. We raised $3 million for Relevant Radio. You gave from the heart, and you can still do so, 877-291-0123. Still got a partnership challenge match on. Every dollar is matched 100%. RelevantRadio.com, the Relevant Radio app, and check out all of our Pledge Drive premiums on the website. Okay, I think we've got to do this now, guys. We've got to do it. We've got we've got to settle in and make our Super Bowl 58 picks. So I am joined right now by producer Jim Shaper and... Uh, how about how about Patrick Alog? Is he in the building? Have we been able to? Yes, talk I'm here. Mm-hmm. There, there he is. There he mm-hmm. is. And before we start with this, Patrick, um, give us the rundown. How are we doing with our playoff records? Uh, who's winning the pool so far? Um, with a record of eight and four is you. Uh, okay. With the record of nine and three is me, and with the record of ten and two is uh, Jim Shaper. So right. Jim has already won. No, Unless he has no, no, he has not. <laughs> oh yeah, because because you, you have nine. Yeah, sorry about well, that. Well, yeah. technically, he could only. Tie. So yes, we, he yes, has one. Yeah, so we might have to, to split the prize pool. Of he has no stress here. There, there's no money involved. <laughs> he has, you know, yeah. He can't have, lose. He can't lose. He, he can't lose. He can't lose. That's true. That's, that's a good place lose. to be. That's not a bad place can't to be. Can't lose. Not a bad place to be. And Jim is always, I think he won last year too. So I'll tell you. Well, listen, let me, let me ask you this, Jim, because you're also the producer of the Family Rosary Across America. Have people been actually putting in not only putting in like with their bookies in vegas have they been trying to put in prayer requests with father rocky about this game yes so uh, going back a year actually my son sebastian called up and prayed for the chiefs to win the super bowl and well when they won the super bowl father mentioned it the following monday but um yeah it was pretty cool the other night we had a a six-year-old another sebastian call up from uh, california praying for the 49ers to win and then a boy called up from wisconsin for the chiefs to win and then my Sebastian called up again last night. So it's, it's kind of fun, you know, but, uh, Hey, you know, God answers prayers, but, uh, I think it's, it's, uh, the best team will win and, uh, it's, it's going to be a fun game. So, so there's kind of an, what you're saying is there's kind of an earth to Sebastian out there, kind of a bizarro, <laughs> a bizarro Sebastian who's, who's going for the 49ers. All yeah, right. Okay. I don't know. Hey, hey, there's good fans on both sides. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, let me, let me, let me ask you guys. Okay. This is the last pick and I've been trying to find out, from Rich Gannon, what his pick is. I, I am, I'm going to go out. He hasn't posted it yet. Bruce Murray hasn't posted it yet, his co-host on uh, SiriusXM NFL Blitz. I know he's in Vegas right now. He's on Radio Row at the Super Bowl, uh, doing some great work there on that program. But I know how much he loves Mahomes. I know how much he, he's, he, and he's a former Kansas City Chief as well. I'm sure he's going to pick the Chiefs, although I can't confirm that, but I'm, I, I'd be shocked if he didn't. How about you guys? How do you see this going? Patrick Alog, let's start with you. 
Uh, I am going for the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're one win, and only because that's the only— I know what Jim's going to pick. So for me to have an opportunity to tie and be first place, <laughs> I have to pick San Francisco. So ah. this is all just, just for the tie. I'm going for the tie. Nice strategy. Nice strategy. Play for the tie. Well, that's all you really can do at this point is play for the tie. But um, mm-hmm. I was going to say you're going into a prevent defense there, which might prevent you from winning. But it can't prevent you from tying. And you have to do it. I understand. I understand what you're doing. But do you actually think in your heart of hearts that the 49ers will win this game? Or you just is this just for... I mean, there's so purposes? much talk about the Mahomes. Like, but you can't go against Mahomes that... You know, I think if I were to make like a uh, an educated dis- educated guess, and if I were to put money on it, can't bet against Kansas City. You can't. Okay. Yeah. So, well, but then it wouldn't surprise me either way. I, I, it's funny that they are the underdogs, the Chiefs, though. In in terms of the betting line, the Chiefs are two point underdogs to the Forty ers I I don't really understand that because. When you look online and you and you read coaches' polls and player polls, the vast majority of actual NFL personnel are picking the Chiefs. Although mm-hmm. some are picked the 49ers, for sure. Um, I don't think it's a crazy pick to pick the 49ers by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, what, what do you think, Jim? Yeah, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, yeah. You know, Patrick Mahomes is is great. Andy Reid. You got to look at the coaching experience here too. Andy Reid mm-hmm. has been in the league for a long, long time, and that's not to downplay anything that Shanahan has going. And, and he's been very successful as a coach as well. But that being said, uh, you know, Steve Spagnuolo is doing a great job with the defense for Kansas City as well. And that's been such a happy surprise for Kansas City and their fan base. Um, so, yeah, I, I, Kansas City is going to win this game 38 to 15. Whoa. 38 to 15. Okay. I'd like okay. a stress-free game for once. <laughs> wow. So, so, so not the, not just the Chiefs, but Chiefs by a billion, essentially, is what you're saying. Just going to have so, some fun. So 38 15. Now, what's your prediction for the final score, Patrick? 27 24. 27 24 and Niners. Niners. Okay. Uh, field goal at the end. Field goal at the end. All right. By Jake Moody. Uh, who was, you know, he's been a little, a little mm-hmm. unreliable at times recently. So, and he was on my fantasy team this year, too, in the relevant radio league, too. But, so, by the way, Kale, I was just uh-huh. looking while you were talking with Jim. Uh, ESPN, they asked 64 experts, 49 are picking Kansas City out of 64. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the 49ers could win this game. I don't think anyone would be shocked oh. if they, this, this isn't like the New York Jets being the Baltimore Colts in 1969. No. If it were to happen. San Francisco is a, a super strong team, and, and in reality, even though Detroit had some bad breaks in the in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers, like they really had no business being in that game. They're much, 49ers are a much better team than the Detroit Lions, all things being equal. But they have not been playing great defense, especially against the run. Especially against the run, they, they've been kind of gashed on the ground. And I and I and I mentioned this earlier in the week. Uh, Alex Smith, who Kind of like Rich Gannon, also played for the Chiefs for many years, but he also played for the Niners. And he said on Adam Schefter's podcast that he thinks the Chiefs are going to have no problem being the 49ers because the way that they play defense, it's very straight up. They, there's nothing really kind of exotic about how they're playing. And, and he just thinks Mahomes isn't really going to have a problem picking them apart. Andy Reid's going to have a, a great game plan, as you alluded to, Jim. Um, and the other thing too, but Mahomes is actually healthy this year because don't forget, remember last year in the Super Bowl, he had that badly sprained ankle, I think it was, and he was kind of hobbling around against the Philadelphia Eagles, and no, nobody really gave them a huge shot to win that game, but they did. And I just think they're 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 hitting on all cylinders right now. Kelsey's playing amazing. 
nothing to do with Taylor Swift. I don't think he's just he's just really found another gear in the playoffs. And, the, and like you said, Jim, the Chiefs' defense is really Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, has really has them playing well. And I think if they're if they're able to get in Brock Purdy's face in the pocket and and, and put their hands up and and when, when Brock Purdy has people in his face, the quarterback of the 49ers, he he tends to the ball will sail on him when he when he throws it. He'll he'll just it just will. He's thrown a couple of interceptions that way. If he has time to kind of load up and, and you know get on his front foot and really fire that ball with with leverage, then he, he's fine. He's very accurate, but he's not the tallest guy in the world. And if the pocket, if they if they will if they don't do a good job of protecting him, I think it could be a long day for for the Niners. But um, but then but Purdy's got wheels. He's he's a little bit more athletic than people think. He's like Jimmy Garoppolo, but he can run in, in a certain sense. <laughs> And he's not hurt like like Jimmy G is. So exactly, exactly. And um, but it, it's a great storyline in terms of like for the media and for the casual fan. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the NFL draft, and um, there was a great clip that maybe you guys have seen when he was drafted by the 49ers. He got the call uh, from John Lynch, the GM of the 49ers. And by the way, John Lynch apparently is a is a practicing Catholic. I read that there's a profile of the 49ers chaplain, uh, Father Steve Kim, and, and apparently John Lynch is one of the guys who goes to mass pretty regularly, um, chaplaincy activities for the team. So that's that's kind of good to hear. That's I didn't awesome. Know that. mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there's a clip of John Lynch calling Brock Purdy on draft day and saying, hey, "You are going to be called Mister Irrelevant because that's what they traditionally call the last pick in the draft, but you're very relevant to us." And sure enough, like, did he really believe that he'd be the starting quarterback? You know, and, and you could argue if he didn't get hurt last year in the NFC Championship game, that you could argue that the Niners might have made it to the Super Bowl last year too. So his career is off to an incredible start, but then he's going against the guy who may be the goat. Um, certainly, in terms of the body of work, he's he's still got a long ways ways to go to catch Brady. But in terms of what he's been able to do, reaching the NFC Championship game at least. Like every year of his six years as a starter, that's that's incredibly impressive by Patrick Mahomes and sort of the off schedule throws he can make off the wrong foot, and he can run a little bit too. Like oh, he's, he, he's he has some legs too. And if he wins this Super Bowl, if Patrick Mahomes uh, leads the Chiefs to a win, three out of four Super Bowls, and he's not mm-hmm. even thirty years old yet. Yeah, it's incredible. That, that that is unbelievable. That is truly unbelievable. And like I said, things can happen. People can get hurt. He's got a long way to go, but. You could make a good argument that nobody's played better at the quarterback position than he is doing right now. Like it, it, in terms of right now, in this time frame that he's been in, um, he's something else. And, and listen, I'm the biggest Josh Allen fan there is, but I, I have to admit that right now, I mean, you can't argue with the body of work that Mahomes has, has put out. So, Kale, yeah, you predict, you, you know, so with your prediction, who do you want to actually win? I I actually I, I I've always like the 49ers have always been one of the teams that I've liked growing up, you know, Joe Montana, of course, and 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 Steve Young and Jerry Rice and everybody kind of remembers the uh Super Bowl in 1989 against the the Bengals when the John Candy Super Bowl when that, you know, that there was there was one of the the there's there sort of an era where every Super Bowl was a blowout. But John, John, uh, Joe Montana led the 49ers on a game-winning drive through touchdown pass to John Taylor. You guys might remember this, but everyone is super nervous in the huddle, and they, they knew they had to score. They had to get a touchdown to win the game. And Joe Montana looked up in the stands and said, "Hey guys, look, there's John Candy." <laughs> and and they all looked and they're like, "Yeah, it is John Candy." Holy cow! Like John Candy's here. And then they're like, "Wait a minute, we're in the Super Bowl." What, what is it? But everybody, it kind of relaxed everybody, and everybody just kind of like, "Okay," they like, kind of calmed everybody down, and then they went went down the field and scored. But having said that, um, I. 
I do think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Earlier in the week, I actually thought it was going to be a blowout like Jim. I was going to say some sort of a blowout score like he said. But I'm going to go Chiefs 31, 49ers 21. Wow, another 10 No, 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 yeah. 20, 24. Let's say okay. 24. One score game. <laughs> Got to One score game. There. Yeah, 31-24. 31-24. But the, 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 a lot of the 49ers stuff will be in garbage times. I'm going to have to wear my gloves so I don't buy my nails. It's gonna be, you're going to make it more nervous for me. <laughs> I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Um, but I, I just I think the, the, the Chiefs are running the ball pretty well with, with Isaiah Pacheco. 49ers haven't been able to stop the run. Um, I don't know. I just you never know. That's why they play the games. Some, Mahomes might get hurt. Who knows? Like, I mean, it's it's. It, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I'm just hoping for a good game, no matter what. I, I hate blowouts in a Super Bowl. It's yeah, it's no fun. It's, it's it's not that fun. And um, 38 15 is not a blowout. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> I've seen totally bigger is. scores. Yeah, but that's a blowout. Yeah, it that. Totally is. Yeah, you know. But, uh, I will take it. it. Yeah. Anyways, we'll, we'll we'll see. So um, okay. So we've got two two out of three picking the Chiefs. We'll see. Hopefully, it's a super game, and hopefully, you guys have a super weekend. I'll tell you this: it was a super pledge drive for us this week at Relevant Radio, the Give from the Heart February pledge drive. You guys came through for us. We broke through that mythical three million dollar barrier, and uh, it's not so mythical because because we've done that quite a few times in a row, and we attribute that to the intercession of Our Lady. Uh, to your prayers and to your support. So once again, if you didn't get a chance to give, you can certainly still do so. Relevantradio.com, the Relevant Radio app, or by calling 877-291-0123. My thanks to Patrick Alog for making the picks with us, producer Jim Shaper, and Miranda Sinisteros give a little help with the week that was and great artwork all throughout the week. Take it away, Michaela. Timory's up next. Thank you for listening to my daddy.